Ezra 5, but we should really start reading in Ezra 4, 24. And if you've read ahead and already, um, you know, maybe as a preview, in verse 1 of chapter 5, the writer mentions two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah. So, if you have an old bulletin or card or something, or just, you know, your finger, put it in Haggai chapter 1, because we're going we're gonna to look at that also, briefly, he said. Okay, Ezra 4, verse 24. Then the work on the house of God that is in Jerusalem stopped. Now, if we quit reading right there, should have done that last week, and it would have been a major cliffhanger, you know, to, to the degree of who shot J.R. or is, I know Terry appreciates Leroy Jethro Gibbs as much as I do, that, you know, is he going to survive being blasted off of this barrel of oil or whatever it was? You know, the best cliffhangers you can, you can think of. That the work stopped. Remember, they had gone back. Cyrus, the great king of Persia, they had conquered Babylon. Jeremiah had prophesied, I'm going to punish Babylon after 70 years, and I'm going to return Israel to the land. Cyrus had, had become king, and he, he, he did those very things that God had sovereignly ordained. And, and Israel had gone back, and they had begun building the temple they had, first off, they had built the altar so that they might sacrifice. And then they had laid the foundation for the temple, and there was a great shout. There was also weeping. And then it stopped when, when this opposition came uh, to, to Israel and the work that they were doing. And, and, and chapter 4 kind of tells us that, that opposition, but he even looks ahead. Ezra is not on the scene yet. He looked ahead, going even beyond building the temple to building the walls uh, of Jerusalem. And, and, and the writer concluded that section in chapter 4 with the work on the house stopped. And it's like, oh, no, what happened? But then it's, it's kind of a, a, a relief that he doesn't leave us hanging too long. The last part of, of, of verse 24 says, it ceased until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So get your calendar out. Remember all you learned in, 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 in Western Civ. What years are we talking about? Okay, I'll tell you. Chapter Ezra begins in about 536 B.C., with Cyrus the Great being king. But Darius doesn't become king. The second year of Darius being king is about 520. So 15, 16 years have gone by between the in the middle there of, of verse 24. That work stopped for 16 years on the temple. That's why they went back. And they were excited to go back. About 50,000 people answered that call and went back to Jerusalem. It wasn't all of the Jews in exile. It may have even only been about one-third of them. But they, they, they said, we'll make this 900-mile journey. 
will, will many of them walking? Remember, he, the, Ezra gave us a list of how many, how many horses they had, how many camels they had, how many donkeys they had. Most of the people were walking. But, but they answered that call. They got there. They, they set up an altar where they could make uh, sin offerings and, and burn offerings to the Lord, burn offerings asking for God's favor. And, and then the opposition came and, and they stopped. Many, many commentaries, commentators, scholars will say, every time the Lord is working, every aspect of God's work is going to face op opposition. I mean, think about it. And still today, when did that start? Think way back in the Garden of Eden that Satan has been opposed to the work of God. God was fellowshipping with Adam and Eve. They were fellowshipping with him. And, and, and Satan drove that wedge of sin uh, between them and, and, and tempted them and, and, and they, uh, they fell into that sin. And since then, Satan has tried to uh, to, to destroy any work that, that God is doing. So for 16 years, what happened? After 16 years, what would you be thinking? How would you be feeling? Have you forgotten that, well, we're supposed to be building the temple? I'm, I'm going to say I would. It probably wouldn't take 16 years. You know, after, I may be being generous to myself, after a couple of weeks, I'm probably going to be saying, oh, oh, what were we doing? You know, but 16 years, that's a long time. I mean, and, and I think it's four presidencies in the United States, you know, four of those lovely, great, you know, campaign seasons of ads everywhere. 16 years, they've, they've stopped but does God's work ever stop? Does God forget what he's doing? No. Okay, verse 1, chapter 5. Now the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, who was over them. Then, then Zerubbabel, the son of Shilthiel, and Yeshua, the son of Josadok, arose and began to rebuild the house of God that is in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. What happens, kind of look at it backwards. 16 years, and all of a sudden, they started working again. Why? Because God hadn't forgotten them. God didn't abandon them, even though they were unfaithful in going back and building, and, and building the temple. They, 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 they went back, they got started, then that opposition came, that discouragement came, and, and, and they stopped. But that didn't stop God. What did he do? He gave them ample time, maybe to start on their own, but then what does he do? He sends two prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, and we even have their, their 
accounts of, of what they have, have done. Let's just look briefly at, at what Haggai writes about his message. It's on page 883. Okay, turn to the right in the, in the Old Testament. Or listen, and I'll read it. I promise I'll read it accurately. Or look in your table of contents, and it'll tell you what page it's on. But it's, it's in between Zephaniah and Zechariah. In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Zechariah the prophet to Zerubbabel the son of Shilthiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Haggai's really fun in that he gives you the exact day of, of when, uh, when, when he's writing, what's, what's going on. You know, sometimes we, especially in the Old Testament, we, we, we read um, the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, or, and, and it's not necessarily dated as, as precisely as this. Haggai actually has four messages here, um, and, and each one of them gives us the day. And for some reason, wherever I wrote that down, it's not here what is the, does the ESV say? August 29th, 520 B.C., something like that. Um, you can check me. You can go home and just start counting back on your calendar. Haggai says this is when it happened. And it, and it matches in the second year of King Darius uh, what, what Ezra said. The word of the Lord came to Haggai. What's important about that? It's not Haggai's message. It, it's not what Haggai wants to see or thinks should happen. This is God's word. Think about the people in Israel, the Jews living there in, in Jerusalem. They, put, they built the altar, then they built, put the foundation down, and there was a great shout. And, and, they, and you could hear that shout from miles around. And then it stopped for 16 years. So they're, they're apathetic, but they were, they were probably also discouraged in, did we make this journey for nothing? These people aren't going to let us build. We, we, we can't keep going with this, this work we're doing for, for the Lord. And, and, and that discouragement and apathy set in to where 16 years go by and then God spoke. It, it doesn't say but God, but it's one of those but God, you know, categories. Like Joseph telling his brothers, you meant this for bad, but God meant it for good. You know, when God steps in, it's, it's for good. He, he, he sends word to the to the prophet Haggai. Haggai goes, um, and, and he goes to the people, and he goes to the leaders. That Ezra was, was more focused on, on the people. He spoke to all the Jews, but Haggai's telling us he went, he went to the leaders and he spoke to them. Let's see what he says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say 
the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. These people, these people say, that's almost like, I'll give you an example, and this is poor, but you're used to my poor examples. If you sat down at the dinner table at night growing up, and, and your mother, your mom says to your dad, do you know what your son did today? <laughs> or your daughter? Because I know it went both, you know, it wasn't just sons that got in. You know, it's, all of a sudden it's your son. And, and, and God is saying, these people, this people. The same thing happened after uh, the, the spies went into uh, the, the promised land at Kadesh Barnea. And, 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 and God told Moses, these people, they're stubborn, they're stiff-necked. I'm just going to get rid of all of them, and I'm going to build a nation out of you, you know. Now, we know God's mercy and forgiveness and grace, and he wasn't going to do that. But Moses interceded for, for the people, you know, and said, you know, why should all the nations of, around here see you destroy them, and they say God doesn't have enough power to do this. And, and God says, "Okay, I'm going to, you know, to to take them into the promised land, but I'm gonna I'm gonna punish them first. But but God is is disappointed with them. These people, not not my people. Does God get disappointed in us? Okay, you don't." have to answer out loud because I know what a truthful answer is. Yes, God gets disappointed with each and every one of us. And, and, and what do we do when, he, when we know we have disappointed God? Do we ignore it, become apathetic like they've done for 16 years or or? What brings them back? The word of the Lord. God's word then is the answer for discouragement, for when we have, have failed God, when we have disappointed him. It's like I, I'm just in this, this spiritual rut and nothing is happening for me. God has sent us his word, you know, that, that we can turn to his word in, in, in order to, uh, to, to, to find relief. And, it, and it's not relief from a counselor or a friend or, or a spouse or, or, or anyone like that. It's relief from our Savior, from, from our Lord, from the God of the heavens and earth that, that we can turn to, to, to his word. What does he say they did? There's, they say there in Haggai 1... Verse 2, this is their excuse. These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Somebody much smarter than me needs to do a series on all of the really good excuses in the Bible. You know, like, like Adam, it's this woman that you gave me that caused me to sin. Or, or Aaron, I, this, is, this one is my absolute favorite. We just threw this gold in the fire and a calf came out. <laughs> and what are they saying? 
The time has not yet come. It's just not time. It's, not, not, it's just not the right time. You do. And sometimes we have a tendency to say, well, because of this president, we can't do this. When we change, maybe we can do that. Or there may be reasons that are excused because the current president doesn't support them building the temple. Maybe. Some some of that. And and they're just, you know, they they were they faced opposition. These adversaries that that threw up roadblocks, speed bumps on their building the temple, you know that that said, "Why are y'all building the temple? You can't do that. Let us help." And then they said, "No, you can't help because you do not worship God the same way that we do. As a matter of fact, you worship other gods." And and, and so they 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 answered that first uh, plea or 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 what would it be? inquiry about helping with with a good answer and it and it just intensified the opposition after that then then they start making were you going to say something i'm through i was babbling Mm-hmm. Didn't Jesus use an example like that about, you know, come and follow me? And, and, he, and, and he said, well, one said, let me go marry a wife first or I've got to bury my, my father. I thought of that earlier in the week and then I, and I was going to look it up and then I didn't exactly <laughs> look it up. So that is a, a rough paraphrase of it. And he said, you know, that now is the time. So for whatever reason, if it's like, well, this king's not going to cooperate, these people aren't going to cooperate, it was, it was all of that work was part of Satan's plot to thwart this work. And, and so they, they said it's just not the right time, and I think that's a, a good illustration. What a, you know, we may do the same thing. Okay, I'm working too much, and I just don't have time. I'll start serving God later. Or... I'm retired, and I don't have enough time. And I'll start. I mean, we, we are the same way with, with bad excuses. But go back to the, to the really good news about this. God did not give up on them. God, God still wanted to have a relationship with them and was going to use Israel for what purpose? to bless all of the, the world. And so, so Haggai comes, and he is, it's not necessarily fire and brimstone, but it is an in-your-face preaching, you know, that he came and, and probably verbalized this first. You know, he didn't send a text message to everybody in, the, you know, in, in Jerusalem that he, he went. He talked to the leaders. He got them in there. They're right there in the front row, you know, he, he's, he's, he's 
preaching to everyone. And he says, thus says the Lord, the, the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while the house lies in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so, but he puts them in a bag filled with holes. So he's like, you do all of this but you're not getting ahead. You, you, you have totally ignored my work. You're building your own houses first, and that's kind of like what, what, what we do. And it might not be a literal house. I've got to build my career. I've got to, you know, build my family, what, whatever the case may, may be. If you get it, that's the government. <laughs> if you get a chance, read, read Haggai during the, um, the, the week uh, and, and just see because he, he, he really brings God's message to the people and, and where, where they are, what they've done. Uh, and and it's, it's only two chapters, and then if you're, if you're still... Uh, inclined, read Zechariah. It's, it's, what is it, 12 chapters? Um, and it's different. You know, one, one of these prophets is, um, is just straightforward, and Zechariah's are more in, in visions and things. And, and, but, but God sent both of them to the people. When, when we come to a a passage, especially historical narrative, there, there's, there's one thing to always remember. It's like, like yeah, this is a, a, a good account. And it, you know, with, with Haggai giving us precise dates and, and Ezra giving us the date, and we say, this is when it happened. But, but also, don't get too far away from what does this passage teach me about God? What do we learn about God? Maybe it's something we learned in, in primary Sunday school years ago or in vacation Bible school, but we still need reinforcements or, 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 or is there anything you have to relearn? It's like, I mean, I have stuff all the time I got to relearn. How did I do this? What, what do we do? How does this? And, and sometimes things that we know and have known for a long time about God it doesn't ha hurt to get a refresher. What does this passage then teach us about God? These, and, and we're going to stop with two verses today. I wasn't planning it, but what does it teach us? He's faithful. He's patient. And does it depend on us? No. That, that God is, is faithful and he's patient with his people, his children, and he loves them. I mean, all, the, all those things we've known. But, but do we forget them? Can we hear that enough? That God loves me, Jesus' blood 
atones for my sin so I may, I may enter into that fellowship with him and, 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 and have that communion with him and it's, and it's because of, of God, not because of me. For some reason, in, in, in our fallen state, our dirty state of sin, God still loved us. Here, Israel has been ignoring God's work for 16 years. God initiates this revival that is going to happen. Who initiated our salvation? God did. God initiates it all. Even going back to Adam and Eve. They, they, they sinned. They, they saw their nakedness. They hid. Then they, when they heard God walking through the garden, what did God say? Adam, Adam, where are you? He knew exactly where Adam was. God has been trying to initiate a relationship with men and women, boys and girls, all of us ever since then. And so we can take from this example of Israel and their failure to do what God laid before them that it's never too late. He still wants us to answer that call. What temple metaphorically speaking, are you supposed to be building? Is it a relationship with a neighbor, a, 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 a relative, a co-worker? Is it a, 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 something inside the church you're supposed to be doing? And have we been neglecting it? That, that, that God sends his word. You know, when Ezra wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God already knew that there's going to be a group of people in Grandview, Texas on July 25th, 2021 that's going to be reading this. This is as if God sent us his word to us. Even though these things happened 2,500 years ago, that it, that it still teaches us about God. And, and their ex, the example of the people in the account can also be an example to, to us in in repenting and then answering that call. Next week we'll see what, what happens uh, starting in verse in verse three with, you know, they in verse two, they got up and they started rebuilding. So what do you expect? Everything went just as planned, they finished it and no opposition. Okay, you know what happens. But we'll see. Any, any other observations that, you know, I know I missed a bunch of them. So, so you tell me, what, what does this teach us about God? And, and what do the, the people in the account, you know, what, what, is it, what do they teach us? You know, it took a little bit of... Um, I don't, I don't know the right word. They could have ignored the prophets, you know, pridefully, oh, we're not doing the wrong thing. God wants us to do this. So it took a little bit of humility to say, you're right. We, we were wrong. We will do what, what we need to do. 
and they return to, the, to that task that God had laid before them. Okay, let's pray, and we will be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, we thank you for using us, though we're, uh, we're, we're flawed, and, and so many times we put our desires, our, our works uh, ahead of yours. God, just thank you for your patience. And God, may we look into your word when we're discouraged by things that happen around us, that, that we might see that you have a plan, but also that you will bring about your will regardless of, of what opposition we may face. So God, may we be faithful to do the things, the, the task for your church, for the body of Christ that you have, have laid before us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.